You are listening to the Blood on the Tracks podcast, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell. This is episode 28. And this time out, we're going to be looking at horror anthologies. And I got a lot of songs to play for you guys. I put it out on the uh, They Must Be Destroyed on Site Facebook page in, in a poll form. Would you guys want me to basically just give you all of my selections in one episode and make it super long? Or would you like me to do the usual and try to keep this show within the confines of an hour and break it up into two parts? Now, unfortunately, there was a tie on the actual poll because not enough people voted. So I decided, fuck it. I'm going to break from format. I'm just going to see how it goes. This, this is not something you should expect in the future all that often. I might do it every once in a while. But yeah, since there's not going to be a episode of this in October, because uh, Lee Van Teeth is going to be taking over for his uh, radio show, his Halloween radio show. Yeah, we'll sort of put two episodes into one here for you guys. So that's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, I've got a lot of selections. Horror anthologies are one of my favorite genre, I guess, horror subgenre to watch is horror anthologies. Um, big fan of Amicus, and you're going to find a lot of that here. I tried to find a bunch of stuff. Some stuff is just impossible to find, especially when you're looking at like the Amicus stuff. Uh, hard to source a lot of this. Some of this stuff isn't great quality. It's like direct rips that people did from the movies in some cases. But I think most of it sounds pretty good. Uh, like I wanted to use the uh, soundtrack from Dead of Night from 1945, which is kind of like arguably the first horror anthology film. Um, but it all sounded like hot garbage, even below my standards. So I I just couldn't I couldn't use what I could find for that. So we're actually starting with Black Sabbath from 1963 from Mario Bava. And we have two examples of the two different scores that are used for Black Sabbath. Roberto Nicolosi did the original. And then when it was recut for uh, North America, they had a new score done by Les Baxter. So you're going to hear the main titles from Roberto Nicolosi and then Les Baxter. Then we're going to move on to there from Japan, and we're going to look at Kwaidan from 1964, uh, Takemitsu Toro, and this would be Hochi the Earless from that uh, horror anthology. Very, very good film. Then we're going to go to the main titles and end credits from Dr. Terror's House of Horrors from 1965 from Amicus, and uh, we're going to have one of the uh, sort of in-house composers, or at least one of the ones who did a lot of uh, stuff for Amicus early on, and that'd be Elizabeth Luttons, or Lutyens, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that last name, very prolific composer, and she did a lot of uh, strange, atonal, odd sort of scores. She did The Earth Dies Screaming, she did uh, The Skull for Amicus as well, and a couple other of their films, very, very unique stuff. And once we finish listening to that, we'll be back with more awesome music. Mm-hmm. 
きこそ来とる元暦2年3月24日も宇野国に源平領軍船出して旦那らにて合わせとぞそだね
Okay, we're back, and we're getting right into the thick of the Amicus stuff now. All the classic Amicus stuff. First off, we're going to look at a suite from Torture Garden by Don Banks and James Bernard. That's from 67. Then we're moving right up to 1971, and we're going to look at the main titles and end credits from The House That Drip Blood uh, by Michael Dress. And then we're going to get to one of the probably the most prolific in-house composer. The, probably the one they used the most for, for Amicus here, and that'd be uh, Douglas Gamley. Now, a lot of the stuff that Gamley did, both original uh, stuff, compositions for a lot of their films, but he also brought in just arrangements, like he'd bring in public domain classical music and use that in place of uh, actually writing a score. <laughs> and of, often when you see some of the stuff he did write, that's his actual compositions. You can hear a lot of these classical pieces kind of recycled into his own scores that he would do. So an example of something he brought in uh, from public domain would be uh, Nomis from uh, Asylum from 1972. And this is from uh, Modest Magorsky's Pictures at an Exposition. It's a piece from that composition. Very, very good stuff. Uh, you've heard it. Like, you, you must have heard it in your life it's one of those classical pieces that's just kind of associated with horror these days then we're going to move on to the main titles score excerpts and the end credits from the vault of horror from 1973 and then we're going to come back with even more amicus
much like Hammer, Amicus died in the 70s. It, it was a little bit, bit of a slow, uh, gradual death, but they did die. And uh, honestly, the sort of classic anthology horror kind of died within the same decade. We're going to look at some more Amicus stuff here, of course. We're going to look at some more Douglas Gamley and his arrangements and a couple other examples here of other anthologies that came out in this decade. First, we're going to look at Toccata and Fugue in D minor. And this is from Tales from the Crypt from 1972 from uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. And this was used by Gamley to great effect, I think. Uh, the opening credits are, are great in this film. Then we're going to move on to the main theme from Tales That Witness Madness from Bernard Ebenhaus from 73. Then we're moving back to 74 of more Amicus with the main titles and end credits from from Beyond the Grave. Douglas Gamley here, and probably his finest work in my opinion. Uh, I really love this. Also my favorite Amicus anthology. Uh, they sort of went out with a bang here. This is basically their last anthology under the actual in- Amicus banner. The producers of Amicus, Sabotsky and Rosenberg, would go on to produce movies afterwards. And one of the examples here, of course, is The Uncanny from 1977, which was actually a British-Canadian co-production filmed in Canada, I believe, and it's all about how cats are evil. It's an anthology involving cats murdering people. Mostly it involves people throwing cats from off-camera at the actors and them looking horrified and the cats looking horrified and... Yeah, some of it works, some of it doesn't, but uh, Wilfred Joseph's uh, score excerpts here are pretty good. And that's going to be the end of the 70s. Uh, After that, we're going to take a quick break. Well, not so quick. We're going to probably play a few more podcast promos than usual uh, than we do on a regular show, just to pad out the time a teeny little bit. And then we're going to come back and look at the 80s and beyond.
you ungodly warlock. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema Psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you should be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Howdy, folks. Got blood, violence, freaks of nature. you come to the right place. My name is Gary, and I'm your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! All right, calm down, calm down. Every show, I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. You're slapped. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Cinema Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. You're traveling through another dimension. It's a dimension of not only a film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break. Timberdoss speaks to you, his chosen ones. 
You can download the podcast. Ignore the podcasts that suck. To this end, Timberdoss the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. The podcast is good. Snobs are evil. Snobs ruin discourse and cause film lovers to become jaded. But Timberdoss shoots death and purifies film conversation from snobs. Go forth and download. They must be destroyed on sight. Timberdoss! Godly warlock. On to the 80s now, and first up we're going to look at Creep Show from 1982. I think pretty much everyone likes this film. Uh, we're going to take some music from Something to Tide You Over by John Harrison. And this is, of course, the segment where Leslie Nielsen drowns Ted Danson and Galen Ross from Dawn of the Dead. And they come back as zombies and drown him uh, by, you know, burying him up to his neck in sand like he did them. And the final shot of that still one of my favorite things where he starts going nuts and talking about how he can hold his breath for a long time. Uh, and then that first wave hits him and, oh shit, he might be fucked. Then we're going to move on to one of my favorite anthologies, and this is one that kind of flies under the radar a bit, which I think is unfortunate because I think it's universally strong all the way through pretty much and just how sort of creepy it is. Uh, 1983's Nightmares, and uh, we're going to look at Craig Safan's in credits from that. This is one I really wish I could find the soundtrack to, but I don't think it was ever released, as far as I know, or if it was, it was a very, very limited release. Might be some rights issues, because there's uh, some fear songs on there, and some negative trend songs in one segment with uh, Emilio Estevez, the Bishop of Battle, where he's this young kid listening to the punk rock, and... Uh, trying to beat this arcade game, the Bishop of Battle, and he gets a little too obsessed with it, and it costs him. Then we're going to move on to a Stephen King ad adaptation. This is Cat's Eye from 1985. And first we're going to look at the song Cat's Eye by Ray Stevens, which plays during the movie. And then we're going to look at the main theme for Cat's Eye from Alan Silvestri. After that, we're going to move on to one of the absolute worst movies ever made because it's composed of like a couple of really terrible movies and it was basically shoehorned in to becoming an anthology film. This is Night Train to Terror from 1985 and, I mean, if you know this movie, you know what I'm playing. It's going to be that Everybody But You song, sung by Joe Turano, and uh, this is a segment, of course, on the train during the wraparound where these fucking kids keep fucking singing and playing this fucking song. And uh, you're going to hate me after this if you haven't heard it before, because it's going to be stuck in your goddamn head. Then we're going to move on to Creepshow 2 from 1987, and we got two selections from that. Uh, first we have Old Chief Woodenhead by Les Reed, and then we're going to move on to The Raft from Rick Wakeman. Two different guys working on the score here. A lot of production problems on that film too, unfortunately enough. 
Uh, and yeah, we're going to stop there and we're going to come back for our final segment of the show.
border. When do we get to Las Vegas? One hour if there's no delay. But what could delay us? Hey, George, I'm starving. How about some hamburgers and beer? There's no food on this train. What kind of train is this? Some call it the Heavenly Express. Others, Satan's Cannonball. But we guarantee to deliver every passenger to his right destination. Like, I really wish our bus hadn't broken down, you know? No way! I think this train is cool! From the top!
Okay, now we're going to move on to the 90s and to a couple selections from there. Then we're going to finish off with a couple selections from more recently. So, first off, main titles from Tales from the Dark Side, the movie from 1990, Donald Rubenstein. Then we're going to move on there to uh, Tales from the Hood, from the Dark Side, from Tales from the Hood. That's super confusing. 1995, and this was done by Grave Diggers. Then we're going to move on to main theme from Trick or Treat from 2007 by Douglas Pipes. Really good anthology. I still like that one quite a bit with the, the little Sam pumpkin-headed dude running around. Then we're going to move on and finish off with Corridor of Truth from Ghost Stories from 2018 from Frank Elfman. Or is it Ilfman? It's not Elfman. It's not Danny Elfman. It's uh, I-L-F-M-A-N. Uh, no relation. And I really like Ghost Stories, too. I thought it was a nice kind of return to a really good horror anthology. The wraparound story is interesting, but it doesn't quite work in context with the rest of the film, I guess. But I still like it a lot. It was really well acted and atmospheric. Some of the stuff in that is fucking frightening as shit. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed putting this list together. Like I said, one of my favorite sort of subgenres of horror. So uh, it was nice to finally get a bunch of this stuff on the show, and yeah, uh, I'll see you guys in November. Like I said, the Wolfman, Lee Van Teeth, is taking over October with his radio show, two hours of uh, horror-influenced rock and roll and rockabilly and psychobilly and country and whatever weird shit he fucking comes up with. I don't know, I just leave him to his devices. His playlist looked really good, so... We'll leave it at that. As long as he keeps bringing the goods, I'll keep employing the motherfucker, even if he gets on my nerves. But, yeah. Until then, you guys be good. Have a good Halloween. And uh, we'll see you in November. Bye-bye.
everybody about. You know what I'm saying? From that inside, that dark space inside you. From that darker, that inner side of you. From the dark side. Bow, bow, no more knocks at your doors. Your chest's about to explode, hit the floor. I come from a trip of bloodshed, spreading my head and straight from Armageddon. It's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Once you get slapped by the dark side, I was attacked, not clever to react. Small as a peep, I was deep in solar facts. My escapade leveled, swell, blew up, fell. I grew up five blocks from hell. I'm used to seeing the grass grow black. Metalists pushing pedalists just to push cracks. Murderers leaving their traces. You're wasted, permitted, destroying the human races. Fuck it, I'm bringing rockets to where it's an APB out on the next Frederick Douglass. I'm sort of a saint, you think I ain't, but skills to paint with my third eye. You're trained. From the dark side, you expressing feelings, and you expressing our dark feelings. So From my feelings may be deep in the head, or his feelings may be deeper than mine, but it's all an expression of a feeling. From the dark side. Scott 
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this podcast, as well as our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Site, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. Thank you.